Hello, everybody, and welcome again to another edition of the Idaho State Journal Sports Podcast. We have a very exciting podcast for you this week. It's the start of the high school football playoffs, uh, so we're going to be going long on that. I'm Andrew Houghton, sports writer at the Idaho State Journal. With me is our sports editor, Madison Guernsey. Madison, uh, are you excited for this weekend in high school football? Yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, we're actually recording this on Thursday afternoon. We've got three games on tap later today, one of which is right here in town, actually. So, uh, yeah, we got 12 games total featuring local teams. Um, always a fun time of the year when, you know, the yeah the playoffs get going and you, you see a lot of really good um, high-intensity football. So I'm I'm ready to go. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna bring you a lot of cool stuff on this podcast. I'm just gonna let Madison, you know, he's he's the guy who knows about all this stuff. I'm just gonna let him go on this, and we'll preview uh, these games for you. We have uh, Century coach Travis Hobson calling in later in the show to break down his team's first round game with Nampa. Um, so yeah, we we've got a lot of stuff for you, Madison. Do we do we want to just get right into it? Yeah, I can just kind of go game by game here and give. A quick rundown for each matchup. Yeah, let's go. Let's go with the uh, the five A games first. I guess if we're working our way down the schedule, five A game. I guess Highland is is going to Madison uh, in a in a rematch of a game that's already happened in the regular season. That Madison sprung kind of a surprise upset. Do you see that happening again? Uh, no, I don't. Um, I mean, it, Highland is kind of in an unfamiliar spot. I mean, they've they've won. However, they had won however many district championships in a row. I want to say six or seven, and so they always um, hosted their their first game of the playoffs, or they had a bye into the quarterfinals. They're on the road for the first round this year, and they actually won't play again at Holt Arena until the state championship game if they host a non North Idaho team. So Highland huh. really has a tough road um, to get back back to the state title. It starts Friday at Madison. Um, and like you mentioned, Madison beat them two weeks ago, 18 to 15 in Rexburg. That was Madison's first win against Highland since 2012. Also Highland's first conference loss since 2012. Um, that was certainly a surprise. Highland had looked really good in the weeks leading up to that game. Madison prior to that game was a two win team. So no one really saw that coming, but, um, you know, Highland doesn't – they hadn't played outside since September 6th. That game was outside in the cold, kind of away from the friendly confines of Holt Arena. I don't know if that's why Highland struggled, but they only scored 15 points. It sounds like they – I mean, they were down early and for most of the game and kind of had to pass to come back and got out of their rhythm. Um, they like to run the ball a lot, and so having to throw and kind of work their way back that way did not – uh, work out well for them. Yeah, I mean, and I think you, when you look at those games, when there's when there's a game that was so recent, it's sort of tempting to go back and sort of look at the lessons from that game. And you know, we don't we don't know if that'll play out, but that is a really important point that Highland really really wants to run the ball, really wants to control the clock, really wants to be playing from ahead, because when they're playing from ahead and their running game is going, they can just sort of suffocate you. Right. And you know when. When they're not, they can really struggle to move the ball if they have to throw it. So I think, you know, sometimes going back and looking at, at those old rematches doesn't really tell you anything. I think that's something that, um, you know, if that happens again, Highland could be in, in trouble. But um, we'll see. Player to watch in that game for you? Um, well, I mean, offensively for Highland, it's quarterback 
Easton Durham. I mean, he's the guy they've had to lean on each of these last two games that they've lost, by the way. They entered the playoffs on a two-game losing streak after losing last week at Rigby. Um, and Easton Durham has kind of been tasked with, you know, lead, trying to lead lead these comebacks, and he's not – that's something he hasn't really had to do a whole lot of – this season because they run the ball well and they they get a big lead and they can kind of just lean on that so you know Durham's a first year starting quarterback he's a junior he runs the ball really well he's a great athlete but he he also needs to be able to throw it if Highland does get down Um, another one is running back Caleb Demuzio he has had some really big games he set the Highland single game rushing record earlier this season against Century but he's for most of the season, he's been part of kind of a, a two-headed backfield back there with Dalton Jones. Dalton Jones hasn't played since that century game, and so Caleb's been a, a one-man show, and, and you know, obviously it's harder to stay fresh, and it's harder to give the defense different looks when you have um, one, one guy back there getting the ball instead of two. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how the Highland offense responds they've only scored a combined uh 28 points the last two weeks but also their defense i mean we've been right. talking about their defense all all season has been kind of this formidable squad and they they gave up uh 32 points against rigby and 433 yards i'm not certain but i think that's that's one of the highest yardage totals that highland defense has allowed so um sort of a needing a bounce back game from that, that side of the ball as well It'll be interesting to watch. We'll move on here in a second. But last thing from this game, uh, safe to say that if Highland doesn't win this game, not a successful season for them. I mean, at least this game, you know. Yeah, I think it has to be, especially with the way they started. I mean, they went what they were what six and one, riding a six-game winning streak, headed in, into Madison, which is a long-standing rivalry game. Even when you know Madison maybe is down more than usual this year, that's that's a big conference rivalry. Um, they lose that game, then they lose the de facto district title game against Rigby. Um, I think, yeah, if they finish their season losing three straight and out in the first round of the playoffs, uh, by Highland standards and given the way that they started, that's uh, a a disappointment for sure. Yeah, and you will be at that game on Friday. Is that that right? I'm sending you over there? I will. I'm heading up up north to Rexburg. Um, I'm going to weather, I'm going to brave the weather just uh, like all the coaches and the fans and the players. Good I'm, for you, man. You're going to have a big puffy coat on. I am. I am. Uh, it'll be cool to see Madison has a really cool, beautiful new uh, football slash soccer slash track and field arena up there. Um, I've, I've only seen it on photo and video, so I'm, I'm stoked to go see that in person. That'll be fun. Okay, let's move on. Uh, Pocatello made it to the playoffs uh, with a, a scintillating last-second yeah. win over Burley. Last week, first time in the playoffs for the Indians since 2012, I believe. 2011. 2011. Uh, and their reward is a, a pretty difficult first-round matchup. Yeah. So, as you mentioned, Pokey in the playoffs for the first time since 2011. Really exciting for head coach Dave Spillett and that that program. They've been waiting a long time to kind of get get back on this stage. Um, and, yeah, they beat Burley 23-22 to last week to clinch that playoff spot. Um on a kind of a last second two point conversion stop by Pokey's defense. And yeah, they get District Three champion and undefeated CUNA on the road. Um so fun times. Yeah, certainly uh Pokey has its work cut out for it. Um CUNA this season, I mean I I I'm pretty sure they're the only they are in fact the only undefeated four A team in Idaho. They've they've beaten Middleton, Nampa, Valley View, Bishop Kelly, all of which are in the playoffs. Um 
usually that uh, Boise-based District 3 kind of beats up on each other and you don't have an undefeated team there. But this year, CUNA kind of, I mean, I think they were a top-five team preseason, but no one really expected them to be the team. And they've, sure. they've, they've, they've handled their business. I mean, they have a couple close final scores on their schedule, but they've, they've handled uh, most teams pretty well, including a 48-6 to six win over Bishop Kelly, which is one of the yeah. kind of the usual powers in 4A. So um, certainly a tough matchup for Pokey, but you know what? The Indians don't really – I think you've got to expect a close game. I mean, aside from their 34 nothing loss against Thailand, they've lost by one, two, and six points. So they, right. they always – Hang in there. Um, CUNA will probably be the second best team that they've faced this season after Highland. Um, but Pokey, I mean, they're gonna, they're a major underdog. They haven't. None of their players have been to the playoffs. Dave Spillett hasn't been in the playoffs as a head coach in a long time. So they're going in nothing to lose. Right, playing with house money. Do you, do you sure. know anything about CUNA? I mean, the way they play, passing, running, or no, I don't know anything about them. I mean, I I can tell you that they win their games by an average of twenty five point four points. So, like I said, they're not they're not playing a lot of close games. They they are just kind of pounding teams. Um, yeah, they th- this is a team that also hasn't been been in the playoffs since twenty sixteen. So they've you know haven't been here for a few years. So I don't know if, I don't know if they just have a big senior class or what. But they they just you know sort of flew under the radar for a while and are now. Um, the team to beat in 4A. Yeah, probably yeah. the presumptive favorite for the state championship if you get through that schedule. They've got to be, yeah. Um, if, if Pokey does manage to keep it competitive, who do you who do you see having a big game for the Indians? Well, Jaden Downs. I mean, he's sure. he's their quarterback, their starting defensive back. He holds kicks. He kicks extra points. He does everything, um, and, and he does it all really well. He's been awesome for them all season. I mean, he can he can throw it. He can run it. He's a, He's a really good athlete. He scored... He has passed for 19 touchdowns and rushed for seven more. Um, this is a guy, I mean, he hadn't played quarterback since his, like, eighth grade year, and he's got a bunch of sophomores around him, and um, he's a senior, and he hasn't played quarterback in high school. You don't know how he's going to do, but he's 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 been amazing, honestly. Kind of a revelation. I mean, I know yeah. we talked about him in, in preseason as sort of a guy to watch, but I don't think, you know, we were expecting him to sort of – be this effective yeah I mean, we knew he's he's a good athlete and, and stuff like that but um, yeah he's had a really really great year for for Pocatello certainly he's been amazing I mean he's he's the heart and soul of that team um I don't remember him having any bad games this year even in even, even in the games they lost he always does enough to kind of keep them in it um and obviously Pokey's defense, which has been really solid. I mean, aside from giving up 34 points against Thailand, they've yeah. held most teams kind of in the mid-20s. Cuna's um, offense average, you know, they're I'm looking at their schedule right now. They haven't scored less than 35, 34 in a game. So uh, their offense is pretty consistent. Pokey's got a lot of just tough kids that are, uh, uh, like I said, a lot of them are sophomores and yeah. underclassmen. They're kind of playing – above their heads and I think that's a good thing like maybe they you know they um they don't know that they're sophomores and they're just going out there like they don't care I'm not phrasing that very well very well but no you know I, what I, mean? I, I yeah. know what you're saying yeah, yeah. I mean they're 
when you win a game like they they won last week against Burley, and you you break a streak of not going to the playoffs that's yeah. been eight years or whatever, right? Um, you really are playing with nothing to lose, and I think you know that's easy to understand. And we'll see how Pocatello comes out in that game. Yeah, um, and just a quick side note on that: this is the first time since two thousand nine that Highland Century and Pocatello are all in the playoffs. So that's wow. That that's very cool for um, Gate City High School here's, football fans. Here's Absolutely. why that happened. You hired me. That's right. That hired me right <laughs> before the season. And, Andrew uh, Houghton gets here and is the good luck charm for Gate City High School football. Yeah. Uh, sweet. All right, moving on, we've got the Blackfoot Broncos, who have been another kind of surprise this year. Yeah. Just winning close games. I mean, every, every week they are, you know, games are, are tight until the end, and they're just coming out on top. They, what, one loss this season? Yep, one loss, and it was to uh, a Wyoming school, actually. So they have, right. they've not lost to an Idaho opponent all season. How? So they, they've got Sandpoint in the first round, and we can talk about Sandpoint if you want, but I, I just want to get your thoughts. I mean, how real is, is Blackfoot as a possible state title contender? It's hard to say. I haven't seen Blackfoot play, but like you said, they, they are winning close games. They're, they're doing it by scoring, like week one, they scored 47 points, and a few weeks later, they scored nine points, and they won both of those games. Right. So they can score if they need to. They can you know, win kind of a, a grinded-out, low-scoring game like they did, uh, 9-3 over Thunder Ridge. Their average margin of victory is 10.8 points, so like they're, they don't blow teams out, but I think they just... I think they they're they're a run first offense and they clearly have a good defense. They just kind of grind you down and and wear you out and they um, they do just enough. Um, they've they've also done it. I mean, they were without quarterback Craig Young for yeah. a couple games. He's back, but the one minus him, uh, workhorse running back Tegan Thomas has been out for a couple games. I don't know what his status is f- for the playoffs, but they've won without him. So it, it it seems like this team is just kind of unflappable and just goes out and wins no matter what. Um, yeah, really, yeah. really good coaching job by Stan Buck, in my opinion, if, yeah. you're, if you're winning those kinds of games. Um, what's what's your read on their first-round game? I mean, playing a, a team from way up north. Yeah, Sandpoint comes down, uh, making the eight-hour drive from up in the very northernmost tip, basically, of the Idaho panhandle. Sandpoint's hard to read, just like a lot of these North Idaho teams, because they play a lot of Washington teams sure. in the non-conference that you don't know much about. They do have one common opponent with Blackfoot, and that's Lakeland. Um, Blackfoot beat Lakeland back in week one. Um, that game was 47-32. to 32. Sandpoint beat Lakeland 48-20, so they both had a lot of offensive success in that game against Lakeland. I don't know if you can draw much from that. That's really the right. only... Especially because Blackfoot played in week one. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's tough. So that's really, I mean, that's that's all the info I have on Sandpoint. They were the second-place team in their conference. Um, I think they only have, like, a three-team conference, though. So they're, they're just, <laughs> there's not really a whole lot out there on Sandpoint. But, um, you know, a few year, a handful of years ago, Blackfoot and Sandpoint were two of the teams that challenged for state titles every year. So sort of fun to see kind of, you know, those two teams getting getting back on track and meeting up back in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, the big thing for me is that, obviously, Blackfoot's got this game at home. For sure, uh, yeah. Sandpoint has to come across across the state, and, you know, I think th- there'll be a big crowd for Blackfoot for that game. For sure, and yeah. And, of, of course, uh, Tegan Thomas, uh, his status is really important for Blackfoot in this game. I mean, he's been a workhorse for them 
all season long, I mean, he's putting up some some crazy stat lines. Yeah, he's had like multiple games of like two hundred yards rushing and multiple, multiple touchdowns. touchdowns yeah. yeah, so he's he, he he's been absolutely awesome. I think they've got athletes and bodies that have filled in for him just fine. Obviously, you want kind of your best offensive player back in the playoffs, though. So we'll see what, what happens with them. All right, going on to our last four A game, we've got Preston at Minico. Yeah, another another matchup of two teams that played fairly recently. Um, they, they share a conference and Preston went to Minico, uh, October 4th, lost 27, 25, kind of a, a yeah. kind of a crazy heartbreaker of a game for the Indians. Um, but they get another shot at Minico. Preston's kind of limping into this game, man. They've lost three of their last four. They've had some pretty devastating injuries. Scott Dunn is kind of their, their do it all, um, athlete. And he actually got hurt in that Minico game and he hasn't been back Quarterback Ty Hyde got hurt two weeks ago um, here at Holt Arena against Pokey. I don't know what his outlook is for this game and for the rest of the playoffs. Um, Preston's one of those teams. They're one of the smaller 4A schools by enrollment. So anytime they get an injury, it's you know that just kind of crushes their depth. Um, Going to be tough. Minico's a, a solid team. I mean, they, they beat Preston by two. Yeah, at, they were second in the... In the region, right? Or in the conference? Yeah, they finished. Um, yep, they, they come in as the number three seed. They actually, I think, tied Century for the best record in that East pod. But um, Century won the head-to-head, so Century gets right. the one seed. Jerome gets a two seed because they won the West pod. So Minico, I think, only lost one conference game, but they're still the third seed. But, yeah, only lost one, one conference game. Um, they were two points better than Preston earlier in the season because of all the injuries Preston has had. Minico's probably a little bit better now, or I'm sorry, Minico is probably better now because of all the injuries that, yeah. that Preston has had. Probably going to be a tough one um, for, for the Indians in this one. I mean, Pre- Minico likes to run the ball. They've scored over 40 points, looks like, three times this season. Um, they This is a team that played for a state title a couple years ago, so they've got a pretty good program, um, and Preston just kind of has fallen on, on some hard luck. I mean, they started 4-1. and one. They looked really good. They were scoring points. They were playing defense, and injuries injury have just kind of stacked up, and uh, they've they've got a tough road. But they know Minico. They've played Minico, and they've seen them, so that at least helps when you, you, you know what you're getting. Yeah, and, and Minico's a tough team at this time of the season. I think, you know, they. Yeah. I, I went to their game against Pokey at Holt Arena a couple weeks ago, and they just – they just pound the ball back and forth. I mean, yeah. they've got they've got two backs that they rotate back and forth. Ryland Chandler, uh, Carter Zampedri, I think, is the other one. Uh, and they just they'll just run them straight ahead at you. And they're they're big guys, they're fast guys, and they'll just you know they'll they'll give you a ten play eighty yard drive where they run the ball ten times with those guys and right. and score on you. And I mean, it's November now, essentially. Yeah, it's it's, it's Halloween today when we're recording, but it's it's you know it's November playoff football time, so. Uh, that's probably going to be pretty effective. So we'll we'll see how Preston deals with that. Yep. All right. Uh, so that is that is all of our uh, four and five a games. We we're gonna move on now. We've got a bunch more games. We're gonna try to go a little bit quicker on these. Uh, let's start. I mean, Madison, where where do you want to start here? Yeah, let's go to our. Uh, we only have one three A games. Snake River's on a bye, but we do have Marsh Valley hosting Weezer Friday night, six p.m. Um, t- 
tough draw for Marsh Valley. I mean, yeah. Weezer's the second place team in their district, but their only loss is to undefeated Homedale. Right, which uh, is the first place team in the district. And right. That was the season finale for both teams, and, yeah. and Homedale won, so that knocked Weezer down to the to the number two seed. Yeah, so Weezer's like seven one or eight and one. Marsh Valley's four and four. Um, you know, Marsh Valley lost a lot from last season's team that won the conference title. They've kind of been up and down. They still like to run the ball and lean on their defense. You know, their their play style hasn't changed a lot. But um, like I said, a tough draw against a really good Weezer team that's coached by Tom Harrison, who you know kind of rose rose to fame uh, on the side of the state, coaching Snake River yeah. and, and Pokey for a few years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another tough draw in 2A Aberdeen and North Fremont. Yeah, uh, weird year for Aberdeen, man. I mean, their their expectation kind of heading into every season, no matter what, is to win a, a district title and challenge for a state championship, and they just haven't had it this year. They they come in 4-4. Four and four. Um, I want to say they've actually won their last three, uh, which means they were 1-4 and four a few weeks ago. But, yeah, yeah. They, they won their last three to get that number three seed from their district, um, but they get North Fremont, who's ranked number one in the media polls and has not lost this season. North Fremont's really, really tough. Um, they allow 7.8 points per game and have not allowed more than 14 points in any game this season. They played for a state title last year and have three All-State players back from that team. Uh, that's also hosted by North Fremont up in Ashton. I think there's going to probably be some snow up there. That's a pretty high elevation spot. Ooh. So, um, yeah, Tough draw for Aberdeen. I mean, they've they've got good coaching. We know they they have a good program in place, um, but just not not uh, not the season that I think they thought they would have. A little depressing start to our small school. Here <laughs> yeah, with, the, with those two, two games. Yeah, a little bit for sure. Uh, moving on to another game that we've got local in town. Yeah, uh, Bear Lake versus Firth. It's going to be at Holt Arena. Is that tonight? It is. Yeah, seven p.m. Just here. And you're going to be at that hours. one, too. I, I will be at that one, too. Nice. Yep. First of two playoff games this week for me. Uh, yeah, Bear Lake, you never really know what you're going to get with them. I mean, 2016, they kind of came out of nowhere and went to the state semis. Last year, they won one game. And this year, they're 6-2. Uh, and two. They finished second place in the conference, and they're in the playoffs. Uh, they, they were young last year. They brought almost all those guys back. So that, that certainly helped them kind of r- raise their level of play. Um, they have another really good defense, 8.6 points per game allowed. Westside, who won that conference championship, is the only team that has scored more than 14 points against Bear Lake this season. Uh, Firth is tough, though. Firth is 4-4, four and four, but they're probably, like, you could argue they're the best 4-4 four and four team around. I mean, they, they've, their average margin of defeat is 9 points per game, so they're not getting blown out. They're kind of hanging in there with everybody. Um, and Firth is one of those teams that they have a really good program. They're always in the playoffs. They played for a state title two or three years ago. So I I expect this game to be pretty close. Um, pr- maybe a, a little bit low scoring. Bear Lake's interesting in that they're a 2A team, but they, they're a throw-first offense. Which you yeah, know, yeah, you, I love you know, taking their box scores because, yeah. you know, it's not something you see a lot. For sure. especially Yeah, especially at the 2A level where it's, it's hard oh, to find right. a quarterback who can throw the ball well, thirty times a game, but Owen Tusher is their their signal caller, and he's he's done a good job. He has a couple of five touchdown games earlier this season, so he's done pretty well. Uh, but yeah, I expect this to be a a, a pretty close game. Like I said, uh, Bear Lake has a good defense. Firth doesn't get blown out, so that kind of has a recipe to be 
A humdinger of a low-scoring game. Yeah, as we're yeah. talking about it, I'm kind of a little jealous that you're getting to go to this one and I'm not, given yeah. Bear Lake's offense and it should be a good game and stuff. Uh, yeah. Madison, drop your, your Twitter handle real quick for people who want to follow along with that game and the Madison Highland game. Yeah, I'll, I'll be posting updates throughout both of those games at mguernsey underscore ISJ. That's at M-G-U-E-R-N-S-E-Y underscore ISJ. Alrighty, that's a hard one to give people over the air when they don't know how to spell my name. That's yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, moving on, we've got uh, more two A games. I, I know we mentioned Westside, but let's go to Malad first. Malad's back in the playoffs. Yeah, uh, you know, broke their winless streak last year. Right back in the playoffs this year. Yeah, this is their their second year in a row in the playoffs. They haven't done that since two thousand eleven and twelve. So hats off to. Corey Kay and the entire coaching staff down there for really getting Malad football back on track. Um, Malad went three and five. They've had another just tough one, man. They go they go to McCall Donnelly, which is eight and zero this season. Wow. They are the district three champions in two A. They've been ranked highly in the polls for a few weeks now. They've also been getting some some first place votes. Um, their average margin of victory is forty three points. I mean, they're absolutely just just cruising past teams. Um, not much else to say about that. Not much else I to mean, say, yeah. 43 points is a whole lot of points. Malad is absolutely on the right track. I mean, they've they've gotten better each of the last two years. Like I said, they're, they're in the playoffs again. But McCall Donnelly is not the team you want to draw, especially on the road. But Yeah, now where, yeah. where is McCall Donnelly? What? So McCall, uh, I don't know where Donnelly is. I think Donnelly must be close to McCall. but Presumably. McCall is, I believe, kind of near Sun Valley in the central Sawtooth Mountain area okay. of Idaho. I hear it's beautiful. I've I've never been. I just I, I had not heard of it, so I didn't yeah. know how bad of a trip that was from a ladder. Yeah, I mean it's going to be a multiple hour bus ride, For at, sure. and that game is actually Friday at one p.m. too. So that's that's an early morning bus ride. Wow. Um, so good job by the scheduling crew at McCall Donnelly <laughs> to get that one at one p.m. to make to put. Malad in even a, a tougher spot. All right, our other our other two way school, uh, Westside, yeah. which uh, had a, had a pretty good season this year. Yeah, Westside has had a really good season. I think out of all of our local teams, they probably have the best chance to win a state title this year. I mean, okay, cool. I was going to ask yeah. you that, but we I, get it out of the way here. Yeah, I think Westside is the the best chance we have. They're seven and one, and their only loss. Came back in week two, seven six at Snake River, which, as I mentioned, they won their conference. They have a first round by into the quarterfinals. So Snake River is a good three A team, and they beat Westside by one on their home field. High um, school coaches get you a kicker, man. Seven six. You don't want to seven six. Yeah, yeah. Um, Westside has the best scoring defense in two A at five point eight points per game. They haven't allowed more than eight points since week one. So they're dominant on that side of the ball. We mentioned Bear Lake and their their passing offense. They shut Bear Lake out. Yeah. Uh, 26 nothing, a couple weeks ago. Westside's really, really good. They don't turn the ball over. They they can run and they can throw. And like I said, they just have a, a monstrous defense. They've got Ryrie in the first round. Yep. Uh, do you think that, that Ryrie can make it a competitive game? or They kind of did last time. I mean, they they played back on September 20th, and Westside won eight, 18 to nothing, which, you know, 18 points is kind of a, a big margin. But um, that's not, you know, that's not really – Blowout. I think no. Ryrie hung around. Um, that the eighteen point margin of victory is actually Westside's smallest. Sorry, second smallest this season. So um, Ryrie certainly challenged Westside. 
the first time they played. One thing about Westside head coach Tyson Moser over the years is he's very good against teams the second time he plays them. Interesting. Uh, yeah, he uh, anytime he gets a chance to face a team twice in one year, he generally is better better the second time around. So, uh, yeah, I fully expect Westside to to beat Ryrie and, and like I said, kind of um, play deep in the playoffs here. All right, sweet. That does it for our 2A teams moving down to... 1A North Gem is going on the road at Cary. Uh, yeah, and that game starts here uh, 4 p.m., so that's, what, hour and a half from right, right now. now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, North Gem, kind of a, a disappointing season by their standards. They wanted to win a district title and said they went 3-5 and five and finished third place. Uh, they're 1-4 and four over their last five, and they get to go on the road and face two-time defending state champion Cary at their place. Um, tough matchup. For North Gym, uh, Carey leads 1A D2 with 55.8 points per game. They have six All-State players back from last year's team that didn't lose in one state. Um, that's kind of all you need to say about that one. It's going to be tough. All right, last game for us, uh, another home game for a local team, Rockland uh, hosting Dietrich, and that game's also today, isn't it? It starts in about 25 minutes, 3 p.m. So right, Just it, getting in under the gun here <laughs> yeah, before these games it's start. It's probably going to be underway as you all are listening to this. Um, yeah, these teams played back on September 27th. Dietrich handled Rockland 42 to nothing. Rockland's worst margin of defeat this season. Uh, Dietrich has scored 42 points in all six of its wins. And Rockland, not great on defense. They've given up at least 40 points five times this season. Kind of seems like another one-sided matchup and uh, a tough one for our local squad. Yeah, I think Rockland has kind of a, a difficult time stopping the run. I mean, that's what yeah. Gary Hunter's told me, their head, their head coach, I mean, in, in a bunch of games when they – when they give up a lot of points, it's just because they can't stop the run, and at that level, that's tough. And I think um, Dietrich runs it pretty well. So yeah, and Rockland has actually has a fairly decent offense, but like you said, if you know, it doesn't matter how points you score if you give up score on every possession, it it, it doesn't matter. So yeah. All right, that is it. We uh, twelve first round playoff games, and we yeah we've run through them all here. Thanks to Madison uh, for coming on and and doing it. Uh, and he'll be at he'll be at two games this weekend the uh, the high school football savant around here and we'll also have Jeff Papworth at Holt Arena Friday night for the late game between Century and Nampa. Be sure to follow him for updates at Jeff Papworth on Twitter. And if you want to follow me for probably not much high school football, but I will be covering Idaho State's football game against Northern Colorado at Holt Arena this weekend. That's in, at Andrew H two o two, and also Twitter. the ISU women's basketball exhibition on Friday, if I'm not mistaken. Oh yeah, I'm super excited for that uh, first exhibition of the year for the Idaho State women's basketball team hosting the South Dakota School of Mines. A lot of question marks around that team after what they lost from last year. Uh, you can read a season preview that I have up uh, on the Idaho State Journal website this week. I'm excited to see what their rotation is going to look like. I'm excited to see who's going to step up for them. Uh, I'm excited for basically everything about that game. So, so follow me if you want updates from that as well. Thanks for tuning in. Um, we will have plenty of, yeah, plenty of photo, video, story uh, analysis from this week's playoff game. And we now leave you with Century Head Coach Travis Hobson to discuss his first-round playoff game against Nampa. All right, and now we welcome in Century Head Football Coach Travis Hobson, the Century Diamondbacks host the Nampa Bulldogs on Friday at 8.15 in Holt Arena in the first round of the 4A state playoffs. Coach, how are you doing? I uh, feel pretty good. Uh, outside of having a, 
rough time practicing this week. I got to love the the fall snow. But otherwise, I think our boys are ready here. I, they're in good shape and we're healthy at the right time. And I, I like I like our chances. Yeah, and you guys get uh, Nampa at home inside, which has got to be a nice benefit. Um, I talked to a wide receiver, Drew Gunter, after your last game last week, and he said that, you know, your offense is pretty hard to stop inside on the turf. Uh, How do you feel about that unit kind of going into this game? Oh, I like our offense a lot. For sure, being in the Dome is a big advantage. You know, we definitely like Dome away from Dome or Dome sweet Dome. We we really like being at home. I think it's going to be a – Different, awkward environment for Nampa. I don't know they have a whole lot of experience being in the Dome, especially in a playoff environment, but they're a good football team, so uh, that's, that's you kind of talk like, that the Dome might be a touchdown advantage, and I'm not sure that it is, but uh, we, we certainly like it, and my kids like being in the Dome. We like getting our Dome practice. Uh, we got Dome practice tonight, so we're going to get a good feel for where we're going to be on Friday tonight. And then, um, yeah, I, I like our offense, and we're – I just did stats this afternoon, and I just I, I can't believe my own numbers. Sometimes that we're averaging 400 something yards a game right now offensively, and I think that's going to be hard for anybody to really stop. Is I, I like the offense, their explosive ability. We're we're athletic in the right spots. We're doing the right things. Um, pretty confident in my play caller, and like uh, my, my kids are doing the right things. They're they're starting to get what we're trying to do. So pretty happy with that unit. All right, Travis, Andrew Houghton here. First off, thanks for coming on. Congrats on the playoff berth. I just wanted to, you know, ask you first off, what's the what's the scouting report on Nampa? I mean, what kind of team are they? What are you looking for this weekend? You know, they're fast. They're, big, they're both big and fast. They're going to be bigger than we are across the front and across pretty much any position. Uh, they rely really heavily on a quarterback, uh, Estrada, Don, Donovan Estrada. And he, he's the real deal. I'm telling you, I watched film. I think he's, uh, he's he might be the most athletic uh, playmaker. We, it's hard to say we've seen all year. But, you know, the, the film comparisons with, with playing these boys' schools, that's a drawback. You know, they don't leave the valley. So you've got to compare them with the, you've got to compare the unknown with the unknown. So you rely heavily on word of mouth. You know, talk to almost every coach over there except for Nampa's coach, and they'll tell me this quarterback's legit, and he's slippery, and he's he's really fast. I mean, um, they're just charting his plays, and he's got, I want to say he's 15, 16 touchdowns, and seven of them have come from scrambles. He's, he's scampering for touchdowns, and a lot of them have been from 60, 70, 80 yards. He's fast. Uh, you watch him in the Valley View game. He pulled away from Valley View's entire defense. And so I talked to Coach Kopp, and he's telling me he's, he's pretty happy with their defense and likes it. And I thought, oh, my gosh, if this kid's that fast comparatively to Valley View and what Lane tells me, then we've got to work cut out for us. I, I think they've, they're big up front. They've got some skilled receivers, but uh, they don't seem like they want to throw to them a lot. It's, it's uh, They go as a quarterback goes for sure. Yeah, I mean, is there is there anything that you can do to, to prepare for that in practice this week? I know – uh, your own guy doesn't scramble as much. Just how do you sort of replicate that going against it in practice this week? Well, we're kind of lucky. Um, we've got Tommy Stewart, who coaches for us. Uh, he's a, a former Wildcat quarterback at Boise State, and he's a little bit bigger than Estrada, but I think he's about as fast. It's nice having a Division One quarterback that's only two years out of college football at the big-time level, front scout team quarterback for us this week. Uh, I got another um, 
that's called whoever shot Richards and played at Idaho State, played defensive back. And when Tommy gets tired, Rashad jumps in there, and we just have him scramble. I, I hold the whistle, and I just tell my guys to go and contain. And we're the whole thing this week is disciplined football, just fundamental disciplined football. We've got to maintain gap control. We've got to we'll be fine quarterback for sure. We will know where he is every play. There's no question that it's going to be a um, know, know where Estrada is and following them around. Uh, we're putting our best open field tacklers just to contain him and bracket him. Uh, we're dedicating almost every resource we've got to keeping that kid in check. And if they're going to beat us, they're going to have to do it without, their, without him having the help again. Century, of course, enters the playoffs as the District 4-5 champion. Nampa is the fifth seed from District 3. Uh, Coach, you were in the same spot last year as the conference champ, and you welcomed in five-seeded um, Columbia from the Treasure Valley. They had never won a playoff game in their history, uh, but they beat you guys at home. Did you learn anything from from that experience? Um. I'm, I'm, I don't know if you can hear me back in the background because I got a couple coaches in my office here with me, and, and we are just kind of giving them because that has been the mantra for the last week. Uh, we we have talked openly about Columbia and about the mistakes that we made, that I made. I talked to the team, and I went through and analyzed myself. We made bad decisions, bad preparation. Um, it was, it's on me 100%. Uh, I will not make that mistake twice. Uh, no way. So we have been locked in. There's a different vibe for sure this week. Um, we've had a couple good days of practice, even though we had to go indoors yesterday. We still had a great practice. Um, guys are begging to watch film. Uh, I, I've caught a bunch of my players in government class today watching film, and that's all I could do just to let it go. Uh, we're, we're dialed in for sure. We are not going to let that happen a second time. Yes, we are hyper-conscious of it. Uh, I hate to talk too much about it with my guys. You know, Usually you say that one time, you move on, but... This has been pretty serious business, and the captains are bringing it up. It, the, the, you hear it in the locker room. I heard in the weight room this morning. Uh, you hear it when the kids are standing around at practice. Uh, yeah, we learned our lesson. I hope we learned our lesson at least. We're talking like we have. You, I'll you, make doggone sure that my guys are ready, for sure. Yeah, and I know you you lost a lot of key players from last season's team, but you also bring some back. How valuable is that to have guys, especially your quarterback, Nathan Manning, uh, on this team who have that experience of being in the playoffs last year you know it's, it's big time help and i think the the seniors the returners even the juniors that were playing in the playoffs with us last year that was a really tough locker room after after columbia that was hard uh one of the harder locker rooms i've been a part of and for us to walk away from that and have to go through that process it's one of those foul tastes in your mouth you just don't forget it's like you have to eat broccoli every time. It's why you realize you don't want to eat broccoli anymore because it just tastes like crap. <laughs> it's kind of how it goes. You know, those aren't things you forget. Uh, I don't have to talk about it a lot. We had a team meeting. I brought it up. And before I knew it, I couldn't shut my kids up. I was like, okay, we've got to move on to something else because my kids will quit talking about it. It means something to them. It's important to them. It's important to my coaches. It's important to my school. Even my principal has been talking about it. I mean, hmm. God bless Cheryl's heart. I know she follows us and loves our boys, but I don't I don't think she follows football like coaches do, and she knows. She's brought it up. So it is very much on our minds. Uh, yeah, we, we elected to have the late game. We want the heat in the dome. We want to be late. We know they're going to be driving over on a school bus four and a half hours and sitting around in a hard dome chair. I want to make the situation as uncomfortable for Nampa as possible. 
but I want our guys to know that we have to maintain our game plan and do our thing and let the things we can control be controlled by us, not by somebody else. Yeah, Coach, I know early in the season, you know, I, I covered you guys a couple times. You were talking about you guys were really struggling to come out of the gate well, and it was a, it was a big thing for you. It was, a, you know, something that you were really pushing. Do you think you guys have gotten better at that at the end of the season here? I mean, where, where are you at with that, So you know, at this point in the season? Yeah, we've gotten better at it. It's still not where I want it to be. I, I mean, that's the joy of being a football coach at our level is it's never enough. And, you know, my kids are starting to realize that nothing will ever be enough. They can win a state title, I'm going to want two. And they win two, I'm going to want three. You know, I'm going to – we want – got five, six wins, and I want to help. You know, they, they, they're starting to realize that it is absolutely impossible to, to please me. I'll never accept whatever they're giving because I always think there's more to offer. I mean, my wife has the same problem. It's just never enough. And And – uh, my kids are learning. My, my own children are learning this. Uh, as, as character flaw, but I think I think good head coaches are like that. Every every head coach I respect in the industry is also like that. They just it's just not enough. You want more, and I don't think I'm asking a lot. I mean, if they, we had a good start against Minnesota. It's the first game where I thought we really had a good collective team start: offense, defense, special teams. And the kids came back like puppy dogs. Like, hey, coach, that's enough. And they wanted me to scratch their behind their ears, and I swatted <laughs> them on the nose and told them, "No, I want more." I mean, they. I jumped in the halftime of Minnesota, and, and and I mean, I got after him. And I, my kids had such long face, like, "What's his problem? We're we're killing these guys." I did the same thing with Jerome. I jumped in the halftime of Jerome too, you know. And and I hope they understand that I I have such. Uh, I think there's so much potential with these kids. They're, they they got the potential to win it. I mean, I mean it. They've got the potential. The question of whether or not we can put the little piece together to do it is the big question. Will we start well, tackle well? You know, discipline, maintain gaps, uh, keep our penalties down, control the football, run, pass, catch, tackle, block. I mean, it's just simple football, and they just got to decide which, how important those little things are to them. You know, to do your 111 to the job, and if we can do that, we're going to be okay. If I got 11 guys doing their jobs on the first play, whatever it is, offense, defense, whatever, we're going to be okay. And I, again, I'm telling you, based on the last day of the practice, I'll let you know later, but I think so far, based on what I've seen, I like it. I like where we're at. I like the preparation. I think we're in good shape. All right. That was Century head football coach Travis Hobson talking to us about his team's first-round playoff game Friday night against Nampa, eight fifteen at Holt Arena. Travis, thanks so much for your time. Best of luck on Friday night. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.